0: Welcome to the VBAC Link Podcast. We are a team of expert doulas trained in supporting VBAC, have had VBACs of our own, and work extensively with VBAC women and their providers. We are here to provide detailed VBAC and cesarean prevention stories and facts in a simple, consolidated format. When we were moms preparing to VBAC, it was stories and information like we will be sharing in this podcast that helps fine-tune our intuition and build confidence in our birth preparations. We hope this does the same for you. To hear more about us and to hear our individual VBAC stories, be sure to check out Episodes 1, 2, and 3. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is not meant to replace advice from any other qualified medical professional.
1: Hey, everyone, this is Megan Heaton. We are bringing episode six to you today, and we have Karina with us. In addition to having type 1 diabetes, she had a couple other things that the doctor told her. They said she should not be back and just schedule the C-section due to a large baby and her first baby having shoulder dystocia. Karina, we are so excited to hear your story today, so I'm just going to open it
2: up and let you share that. Awesome. Thank you. So with my first birth, I knew I wanted to go unmedicated, but it would be more difficult because of my type 1 diabetes. So I did a lot of research and I took a lot of classes and I was able to go unmedicated and I went into labor on my own, which is kind of unique for diabetic moms. Um, And I ended up going into labor at 39 weeks. And I had my 8-pound, 13-ounce baby for my first baby. Um, he did get stuck on the way out. His shoulder got stuck. And the doctor had to, had to reach in and grab his shoulders to make the, the space narrower and, so that he could come out. So um, that is more common with type 1 diabetics. But he was good and I was good other than a little bit of pain at the end, but (laughs) it was all good. So with my second baby, um, he was measuring bigger and the shoulder dystocia really scared my care provider, my doctor, um, the first time. And so she really was planning with my second baby being bigger than my first she was planning on a cesarean and that should have been a red flag for me to just switch providers, but I really liked her. So I was like, no, no, it'll be okay. And then he was breech. (laughs) Um, And we were going, I went in for a non-stress test because you have to have those with type one diabetes. And for my non-stress, non-stress test, we were meeting with Dr. Silver to see if it was possible to do a breech vaginal delivery. Um, but I was laboring on my way to the non-stress test. And I was like, no, no, this isn't... I was kind of in denial, but I, I knew that I, I was in labor. But we went in for the non-stress test and during the non-stress test, my baby was having D-cells and Dr. Silver came in and, and he was, um, we were going to do an external version. And if the external version didn't work, then, um, I was going to ask him about possibly delivering breach, but, um, none of that happened because I was in labor and baby was having D cells. So he said it would be best to just have a C-section. So that's what happened with my C-section.
1: Oh, man, that must have been so hard to hear when you were going in, hoping for a totally different outcome. Tell us more about your VBAC journey.
2: Uh, so it began with my baby being breech, and I was really nervous about going into labor with my baby being breech, because that's kind of what happened with my second baby was breech. <clears throat> and I went into labor, so we couldn't flip him. So um, I was having a lot of prodromal labor around 34 weeks is when it started, and so I was getting really nervous about labor starting and my baby still being breached. So I scheduled an appointment with my doctor, one of my doctor's colleagues, and to do the external version. And I had the external version done at 36 weeks and it was successful and she turned and then on a Thursday and then at my 36 week appointment was the next day on a Friday and my doctor was back in town and I was having a lot of contractions, but I had been for two weeks now, so I didn't think anything of it. (laughs) And... Um, We went and talked to Maternal Fetal Medicine because of the type 1 diabetes, and he told me that if I were his wife, he would want me to have a C-section, and I was determined to not have another (laughs) C-section. So I went home, and I was laboring at home, and the thing that made the contractions stop when, before she was turned, was sleeping. So I went to sleep, and they were still coming. So I'm like, oh, okay, this is probably the real thing. So when I realized it was the real thing, and they had started getting stronger, longer, closer together, we went to the Little America Hotel and labored there because I wanted to be Closer to the hospital, but not at the hospital. Um, and so we labored there for probably six or seven hours. Then my doula was, was saying, like, that things weren't, didn't seem to be progressing, which I had a lot of amniotic fluid. I was diagnosed with polyhydramnios. Um, and she was thinking that maybe... Breaking the water would help um, baby come down more because of all the excess amniotic fluid. So we went to the hospital to see what was going on, and I didn't let them tell me my dilation, but I later found out I was 5 centimeters and 100% effaced. And I didn't want to have my water broken yet because I had had dreams of cord prolapse and I didn't want that to happen. (laughs) Um, But then three hours had passed and I was starting to get tired. So I was like, I agreed to let them break my water and tons of water came out. And then three hours after breaking my water, I was complete and I was pushing and um, I was, I ended up delivering on my side which was way better than on my back with my first, and um, I delivered her vaginally, and it was awesome, and it was awesome because I asked my doctor for a lotus birth, which is where you leave the cord, the placenta attached to the baby, um, because I really wanted delayed cord clamping, and I didn't get that with either of my first two children, so I thought maybe if I ask for the extreme they'll meet me in the middle but he was awesome and he didn't clamp or cut the cord and unfortunately well I got to do skin to skin with her for um, probably 45 minutes and then they took her took her over and examined her and stuff and her blood sugar was low due to my type 1 diabetes so they had to take her to the NICU, but other than that, it was a great experience, and it was because of my supportive provider, which was Dr. Edmonds. He is amazing. He helped me to have the birth that I wanted, um, and even though like I didn't want my water breaking broken, but you know plans change, and I ended up. Opting for that, and he was just so supportive along the way. And even um, afterward, when I met him postpartum, he said that his colleagues gave him a lot of crap for letting me V back. And I was like, "Why? Everything went perfect. There was no, no shoulder dystocia. Like it was, it was the dream birth. It was, it was amazing. And <clears throat> two, uh, yeah, three MFMs told me." Maternal fetal medicine doctors told me that I should just have a a cesarean again. And in addition to my VBAC, my baby was 9 pounds, 10 ounces at 36 weeks. So she was a good size because he believed in me and I believed in me. I was able to have a a successful VBAC. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: I love it. I love it. He is awesome. I definitely agree with you. And I think for any felt-like moms looking for a supportive OB, he is definitely one to look into. I love your story, and I love that you got your girl after the two boys. It just was a picture-perfect birth. Evidence-based birth shared an article talking about big babies. Although big babies do have a higher risk for shoulder dystocia at least half of all cases of shoulder dystocia happen in smaller or normal sized babies. To find out more information about this article, please visit the show notes for a direct link. We are always looking for more inspiring stories to share your story or possibly be on one of our podcasts, post on social media with a hashtag why we and tag at
0: the VBAC link or contact us from our website. Be sure to rate us and share and leave your reviews. We are excited to hear what you think. For families local to Utah, be sure to check out our website, utahvbaclink.com, for more information on our VBAC childbirth classes and doula services. Thank you so much for listening. We are excited for you to begin your journey with us.